moms, we are so thankful for you. You realize what doesn't happen when moms are gone? Are you, are you aware of what happens? If, if not, now that you can get like cameras in your house, you ought to watch what happens when you're gone. You, you actually might never leave again, ever, ever. But man, we are so thankful. We cannot do life without you. And so we are unbelievably thankful for you. And I think it's fitting that we're in this series on prayer, not just unanswered prayers, but just the power of prayer because, moms, for many of us, you are an answer to prayers, that you help us grow into who we are and who we can become. You speak life into us as you serve, selflessly serve, and lead us and those around you. So, moms, truly, thank you, thank you, thank you. One of the things that we've been saying is we want to pray more through this series. And if you got your message this morning, it was an encouragement to pray for your family. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, one of my commitments to you this month is I'm going to help remind you to pray. So I'm going to do just that. The first thing is, remember, if you were here last week, you committed to it. You're going to write down a prayer request on this card. Every Sunday you're here through the month of May, write down what we can be praying with you about or what we can be, be praying for you about. So find this right there in the seat back in front of you. Let us know how we can be praying for you. That's good every single Sunday. That way it's at least a reminder to pray, but it's not just on Sundays. It's during the week. So here's what we're doing. We've got a prayer remind that we're sending out every single day. Just one. Here's the text message. If you want to be part of it, make sure you do that. Text pray today, one word, no spaces, autocorrect and Siri is going to want to make it two words. Make it one word. Pray today to this number on the screen, 678-944-8690. You can do it right now or take a picture, write it down a little bit later. And what happens while you're doing this is you'll opt in. You can opt out at any point point. just say stop. But we want to make sure that you're reminded to pray, if not at least once a day, where we can give you some easy, specific, general prompts, one-liners of what to pray about or what to pray for. So once again, text pray today, one word, pray today to 678-944-8690. And what I hope happens is that you just start praying more. So often we get so concerned about the, well, what am I supposed to pray? other than the fact that you are actually praying. We see this on Mother's Day. On my kids, I've got three, ages six, four, and two. And all of them made Becky a card yesterday that we gave her today for Mother's Day. And so she opens up the card, and, and the six-year-old's card looks pretty good. I mean, words are sort of spelled right. You can read through it pretty well. You kind of get the gist of it. Then you get my four-year-old's card to my wife, and it's just some, like, kind of, picture-ish type things, like you think, oh, I'm like, oh, what's that? What, is that like a crocodile or, no, that's mom. Oh, <laughs> it looks great. Anyway, Cole, sign your name. He can, he'll sign his name, and so you've got that, and then you've got our two-year-old that literally is just a bunch of holes in the paper. <laughs> and, and I was trying to think on how to present that to, to Becky, and I'm like, we are so full of holes without you, babe. <laughs> That's what your two-year-old daughter was trying to express in the best way a two-year-old could. And, and what did Becky say? She wasn't like, oh, I can't believe it. Those are spelled wrong. I do not look like that. Uh, no, no, she wasn't worried about what was in the card. She wasn't concerned about what was said even in the card. It was the fact that they made her something, right? It's the difference between the what and the that, when Becky and I go out on dates, it doesn't matter what we do, what we, what we eat, what we talk about. We have been known to just show up at McDonald's and then go to Target afterwards. It's a date night if it's by ourselves. <laughs> What's the important thing? That we are spending time together. 
Sometimes our prayer life fits into that. We get so concerned about what am I supposed to pray? What words should I use instead of remembering pray? The fact that you are praying and spending time with God and tapping into that power of prayer we talked about last week, that's important. And in fact, we see that throughout the gospel, specifically with Jesus. There's this line that we see scattered throughout the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where you see Jesus going to pray and then that's it. It's usually one little line or one little sentence, one little phrase, and Jesus went away by himself to pray. And then it moves on to something else. And we're kind of thinking, whoa, 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 time out. Jesus, what did you pray? Jesus, help me understand what words you prayed. I wanna pray like you. But rarely, rarely do we actually get told what Jesus prays. All we're told is that he is actually praying. So let me help you with that. If you're concerned about the what, Start with the that. And that's the story we're going to look at this morning. One of those that's we're going to see is in Luke chapter 5. If you've got your Bibles, head there. If not, we'll put them on the screens behind me. Here's the scene that is going to lead to a that here in a little bit, but we're going to focus on this first part here. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 12. Here's the scene. Here's what's happening. It says, when Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy, the skin disease leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. How how about we talk about begging today, moms? Begged him. You don't know what that sounds like or feels like. You have little ones that beg you. Fell face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, please, 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 please. You can make me clean if you're willing. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him. That's an important word. This wasn't a suggestion. This wasn't a, hey, if you don't mind. Look, Jesus ordered him. We don't see that word very often tied to Jesus. But Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet, this is one of those instances where don't you get in trouble for disobeying Jesus? Not so much in this context. Verse 15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed by their sickness. Now, before we see the that, understand that scene. Jesus is minding his own business. He's got plenty to do. He's got disciples. He's got a whole mission to save the world and save all of us and all humanity. And here's somebody that comes along and needs something interrupts him, interrupts his day, interrupts what he was working towards. I mean, yes, Jesus is all-knowing, but in our context, we don't always plan for those interruptions, interruptions, do we? Here's somebody that interrupts Jesus, says, I need help. Are you willing? Would you help me? Please, please. And he was begging, and he had his face on the ground. Jesus stopped what he was doing and said, okay, I'll help you. And he cleansed the man, but then he said, don't tell anybody. Some people always ask the question, well, why wouldn't you tell anybody? Here's my thought on that. Jesus does. He's got a mission. And yes, he wants to help and care for as many people around him, but he's not going to be able to physically do that until he goes to the cross. The cross was his mission. He's like, I've got to get to the cross. That's the number one priority. And as he's healing people, of course, news about him spreads. And there's the danger that his mission might get delayed or pushed off. So he's like, hey, I'm here for you, I'm gonna take care of you, but don't tell anybody else because I've got some really important things to do. And he does what all of us would do. Yeah, okay, I gotta tell you for everybody, you won't believe what just happened to me. <laughs> and everybody, remember what it said, and crowds came out because he was healing. 
Boy, that's our life, isn't it? Right? We've, we've got our plans, we've got our purpose, we've got our missions, we've got our to-dos, we've got our calendars, we've got our, our schedules, and then there's interruptions. And those interruptions, not bad necessarily, but they have the potential to throw us off a little bit. Let me help us put this a little bit more in some context. I have a mom that's going to help me out. So if you want to come on up, give it up for Kaylee. She's going to help me out. All right, Kaylee. Come on up here. She's getting up here. We're going to get a mic for her. I've got a chair for her. Do you guys remember the game Mad Libs? You remember Mad Libs? It's like the old school car game. Like that's what we grew up playing. Come on up here, Kaylee. Got a chair for you. There you go. There is a lot of people here. You, you can sit or stand. Now you're a teacher. Is that right? Yes. Teacher, what grade do you teach? First grade. First grade. Did they treat you good for teacher appreciation? Yes. Good. Good. What was like the best gift you Ten got? Ten more days of school. Ten. <laughs> Are you keeping track? Are you keeping track? I get it. I get it. All right. So you've played Mad Libs before. Remember Mad Libs? So I'm going to ask you a few questions. You, you can look. I'll, I'll make sure. It's okay. It'll be a fun surprise. It's my wife's handwriting. Yeah. Thank you for noticing, though. I'll make sure she sees it. All right. So let's get this right. Make sure I've got your name right. Kaylee. Spell your name for me. K. A A Y L I E. All right. So we got your name in here. And I would suggest if you guys in the audience, you guys on Facebook, if you want to do this as well, this will be a lot of fun. So maybe you start writing your stuff down and you'll get to read it with us. All right, so I need a room in your house. Any room in your house? Give me a room in your house. Laundry? That works. Are you in there a lot? You don't have to answer that. All right. It's out and back in. All right, family member. Just give me any family member you want. Husband or child? Whatever you want. McAllen? McAllen. Spell? Don't judge me on the spelling. All right, now I need something that someone, doesn't have to be your child, it could be, it could be husband, kid at school. What's something that you have been asked to do recently? Probably like to help. Change a diaper? Change a diaper, that works, that works. Change diaper, all right, very good, and we'll do the same there. McAllen, right, I'm saying it right? All right, we got McAllen. All right, we're on to the second page. All right, here we go. Kaylee, McAllen. All right, I need, I need a few more people's names. So here's what we're going to do. I need a name, maybe somebody you work with. Okay, Michelle. Michelle. There we go. How about, we need another person. Um, uh, you come to church with somebody today? Yes. Where are you sitting? Sitting Ryan. over here? Ryan's over there. Okay, we're going to put Ryan on here. Ryan. Okay, another person. Um, how about somebody famous? Do you have like... Rachel Hollis. Wow, you didn't. I don't know that person, but okay. <laughs> you like I, didn't hesitate. I feel like her Who right is now. Rachel... Hollis. Hollis. Look her up. Okay. <laughs> is this like an HG thing? I sh- I'm not even going to ask. All right. Last one. Uh, do you text? I'm assuming you text. Do you know the last person that texted you? All right, mother-in-law. Does mother-in-law have a name, or you want me to just say Di mother-in-law? Di? What is it? Die, die. Die, die. Is that what you call your mother-in-law, or is that I, what it... Yeah. <laughs> I need my children. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You call your mother-in-law die, die. Die, die. I'm all... I'm just hearing die, die. Dot, die. Dot, dot. Dot, dot. Just for reference, I don't encourage any of you to call your mother-in-law Dai Dai. <laughs> dot, dot. Dot, dot. 
dot, dot. Got it. Okay. Um, we're down to the final ones here. Okay. Uh, article of clothing. Socks. Socks. Favorite snack? Uh, chocolate. Dark chocolate. Dark. Dot, dot, chocolate. <laughs> dark. Dark chocolate. Okay. Something you have lost recently. Keys, a wallet, your husband, you know, anything. I'm still losing things. Mom's, something your husband's lost recently. Has he lost anything? Kids have lost. Something that typically gets oh, lost in your house. A jelly shoe. Jelly shoe. Yeah, the gel shoes. Uh -huh. Yes, we've got like eight right it. shoes of those. Yes. All right, so the gel shoes and then a dollar amount. Give me just any dollar amount. Five. Just five, like five dollars or like five million, five hundred. I'm just, a teacher. <laughs> This is your chance. That pays for a coffee. Yeah, I love it. All right, so we'll do $5. Okay, are you ready? Okay. All right, so here's what we've done. That story that we just read, Jesus, the man with leprosy, it fits in our context a lot more than you might think. So here's what we've done. Instead of the Gospel of Luke, we've got the Gospel of, of Kaylee. Yes. So here's your life if we were to plug that in. We have, while Kaylee was in the laundry room, McAllen, I say name right? Yes. McAllen came along who needed a diaper changed. McAllen came and fell with their face to the ground and begged and pleaded and whined and complained until... Kaylee. There you go. Stopped what she was doing to help, which I'm sure that's, that, that's, that's like a, a normal day, a normal thing for you, right? Then... Kaylee. Told... McAllen. Now please go away, so... Your name again. Kaylee. Yep, there you go. Needs some alone time. Do you say that quite often? Go to the back. Yeah, go <laughs> your lone place. <laughs> Yet the news about what Kaylee did spread all the more so that Michelle and Ryan and Rachel, uh, yes, and even Dot Dot came to Kaylee to ask for socks, dark chocolate, jelly shoes, and $5. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you this so that you can always remember our conversation. There you go. You did awesome. I've got one more thing for you, but I can't give it to you until later, but I'll tell you what it is. I'm gonna keep you in suspense for the rest of the morning. Hey, give her a hand, she did great. Do you see what happened there? It's, it's the interruptions of life, isn't it? It's one person and then it turns into two people and it turns into four people and all of a sudden your life continues to get interrupted because, well, everybody always needs something. Isn't that true? Everybody always needs something. And it happens in our life. It happens in the life of moms and dads and kids, teachers, parents, you name it. And it happens with Jesus where here he is on his mission and, oh, somebody needs something. Jesus doesn't want to turn away. He says, no, of course I'll help. Just like, you know, we want to do our very best to help. But don't forget about what can happen. It's great to help and it's great to stop what we're doing but at some point, we get exhausted, don't we? Give me an amen, moms. At some point, <laughs> we get exhausted. You help, you help, you help. You stop what you're doing. You lean into the interruptions. And at some point, you just get totally tapped out. So there's a part of this story that we left out. And we've been talking about the difference between the what and the that. So let me read it again. And let me add that last part. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell down with his face to the ground, begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, 
But go show yourself to the priests, offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing. as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. And that's where we left it off, but there's one more verse, verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and, and what's that word there? And prayed. He often withdrew himself to lonely places and prayed. So many interruptions. So many people need something. Everybody needs something. But here even Jesus recognizes the importance of rest and prayer. And I want to tie those two together of rest and prayer. Often we think they're two separate things. Oh, I just need some rest and I'll, we kind of feel like prayer becomes the obligation. Like how can rest and prayer go together? Well, there's two types of different rests that we're at least going to talk through. There's the relaxation rest. That's the binge watch Netflix. It's the scroll through social media. It's the vacations. Those are the relaxing types of rest. And you need those. You need those. But there's another kind of rest that can only be received when you're with God. It's a rest that is given. It's a rest that actually refills you. It's a rest that replenishes you. You go from having nothing in your cup to all of a sudden God has poured more into your cup. If you love little acronyms and you can kind of piece things together, here's a way to remember rest. It has to be regular. There is a word there. It says Jesus often. So you got to have regular rest. It needs to be enforced. In other words, it doesn't just happen. Have you noticed that? You don't just go through life and all of a sudden, wow, I can't believe it. I've got rest all of a sudden. No, you have to plan for it. You have to schedule for it. You have to say no to some things so you can say yes to some other things. That's all about priorities. We know that. So regular, but it has to be enforced. It has to be solitude. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. It has to be solitude. It says Jesus went away by himself to a lonely place. Lonely place doesn't mean like uh, we talked about last week under the, br- the, the broom bush. It's not that kind of lonely. It's just alone. It's a place by himself, but don't miss the time with God. That's exactly what Jesus does. He says, I need to get away. I've been interrupted and I've been doing so much. Everyone needs something. So it's important that I often get away by myself so that I can spend time with God, so that I get refilled. When Jesus, the Son of God, needs to be refilled by God, I would say we need that as well. So don't just rely on the rest of sleep and the rest of Netflix and the rest of vacations. You need that. But don't neglect the rest that only can happen through prayer. In fact, that last line that tells us what Jesus did, but often, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, in the original language, it's actually only four words. Self, often, solitude, and prayed. That's it. That's how Jesus got refilled. He took care of himself by often going to solitude to pray. Don't neglect that kind of rest in your life. We see that, don't we? We get poured out because, again, I keep saying it over and over, everybody needs something. Everybody needs something from Jesus, and we have to make sure that we don't miss it. We don't neglect the rest that that we only get through prayer. 
And here's why that's important. Here's how that works and why that time with God is so vital. Uh, my family and I, we enjoy hiking. I mean, again, we've got three kids under the age of six, so hiking is like driveway and back sometimes, and that's okay. Uh, but we'll like to go hiking, and we'll make a big day of it. And this is a picture of us uh, hiking. We made it all the way up Sawney Mountain, um, believe it or not. But, but here's the thing that happens when we hike with our kids, and this is why we don't do that type of hiking very often. It's because when we go hiking, it starts out, every kid is walking and having a great time, and then all of a sudden, it's one of my kids is like, ooh, look, a stick. And they start grabbing a stick, and then another one grabs another stick. And then, oh, that's a really pretty rock. Dad, can I hang on to that rock? And, oh, that's a really pretty leaf. And by the time you get up and back, I'm carrying two and a half kids plus pocket and backpack full of rocks, sticks, stones, leaves, and a couple dirty diapers. <laughs> it's a mess, right? And we get down to the car, and I'm like, what am I going to do with all this? And I look at the kids, I'm like, hey, we need to leave some of this here. No! It's my favorite rock, stick, stone, and leaf. You can't. We have to take it with us. So we do that during our day, though, don't we? Through our days, we pick up stuff. We pick up stresses. We pick up worries. We pick up problems. We pick up issues. And we pick them up, and we pick these things up. So by the end of the day, you are overloaded, completely overloaded and weighed down. That's why on your way home from work and why it's before you walk into your house, it's after you finally get the kids to bed and you stumble into your bedroom, you just feel not just exhausted, but weighed down because you are overloaded. You have picked up so many other things throughout your day and you're still holding them. Understand what prayer does. Prayer takes everything that you have loaded up and it lets you unload them on Jesus. It doesn't fix them. It unloads them. Understand the difference there. Often we have this, this hope or this thought or this misconception that, well, if I pray, then Jesus just fixes everything. And man, he can fix a lot. He healed a man with leprosy. But his concern is our soul, not our comfort. And so when we pray, it's not just God fix all of this. It's God, I just need you to take this. I need you to be able to, to handle what I can't handle. So I'm going to unload all that I've been loaded up on today. That's what gives you rest. Rest only happens when you truly unload everything you've picked up throughout your day, when you unload it on him. In fact, here's what scripture tells us in several different ways. 1 Peter 5, 7, we're told, cast all your anxiety on him. Cast is get rid of it, let go of it, but let him have it. It's put it on someone else. It's cast all your anxiety on him. That's Jesus. Why? Because he cares for you. In other words, he's begging you, let me have it. You can't hold on to it. You're going to be weighed down. You got to let go of it. So we're told, cast it, hand it off, unload all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus's words. He says, come to me, all of you who are, and say it with me, all of you who are what? Weary and, and look at this, and I will give you Rest. Key word there. You ready for this one? It's not rest. The key word there is give. Oh, don't miss this. You come to Jesus and we're weighed down and we're overloaded and we're burdened. And some of those things are not bad things, right? We, we get overloaded by our kids. We get overloaded by the, the great things at our workplace. We get overloaded by some good things, but it's still overloaded. We get loaded up. So we come to Jesus all of us who are, what were the words again? Weary and burdened. And look, Jesus says, and I will give you rest. 
Don't miss the word give. It's an exchange. You hand off your burdens. You hand off all that you are loaded up with. You hand those anxieties. You hand off all of those to Jesus. And in return, he gives you something back. He gives you rest. And that's not a rest that you get just by falling asleep at night. It's not a rest that you get on a family vacation. Those things are wonderful. You need them. Don't neglect the rest that is given to us by Jesus. So you got to come to him to get that, though. It's an exchange. Rest is the exchange of your problems for his peace. You let go of those problems. Doesn't mean they're always solved. Doesn't mean you're all hands off. But you let go of the responsibility and the weight of it. You hand over your problems, and he in return takes them and gives you rest back. His peace. He tells us that the peace that he gives is not a peace of this word. It's not a peace you can get from anything or anyone else. So if you want to experience rest, you got to make an exchange out of my hands to him, and then he hands back true rest. So when Jesus says he often went to a lonely place or a place of solitude to pray, it was to tap into that kind of rest so that he could hand off the difficulties and the troubles and the weighed things that weigh him down, and in return, he is given the gift of rest. Now, we talked about those four words. You've got himself, so it's got to be you. No one's going to do this for you. You've got to own it. It has to be often. And then solitude. Now, that's a hard one in our world. Like, even if you feel alone, you're not alone. <laughs> I mean, look around this room. We don't spend hardly any amount of time truly alone. Whether it's tight connectivity with family, kids, friends, whether it's a work environment, community, whether it's social media, there's a lot of noises, there's a lot of connections in our lives. So how do we truly discover these places of solitude? How do we truly make it happen? Because again, you got to do it, right? It's not just going to happen. We have to look for and create sometimes these places of solitude. Now, what we tend to think is, well, man, I just don't have the time. I don't have the vacation days for it right now. We don't have the money to have solitude. We tend to think of solitude in terms of week-long vacations where you have to go somewhere. We have to travel a distance to get there. It needs to be this long and extended period of time. But in reality, again, those are fine, but you can still experience solitude without traveling, without spending a lot of time, without using any of your vacation days. You have to look for them. Because I promise you have them, we're just not using them very well. We're not leveraging those current places of solitude. Let me give you an example. The dinner table is a place that probably doesn't feel like solitude. I get that. But let's redefine it a little bit. In other words, it's give a new purpose to an old place. Give a new purpose to an old place. We've done this in our family. We have taken the dinner table. The old purpose was just feed everybody. Just, just eat and then finish up. Go and be done. Go and do something else. But we said, no, no, let, let's actually leverage that time together. Let's give it a new purpose. So something in our family, this was actually, this is a, a Haas family tradition for us. We have done this since I was a kid. And now when Becky and I got married, we got one. We do it with our kids. Um, and you've probably heard me talk about it a couple times, the red special plate. If you've seen one of these or heard of one of these, these are great. So what we do is periodically, we change the purpose of dinner in our home. And what the rule is, is you can't give yourself the special plate, which is very difficult for a six and four-year-old to understand. We're working on it. But you can come up to me or my wife and say, I want to give so-and-so the special plate. So it's Mother's Day. So guess who got the special plate today? 
Mom, Becky got the special plate today. So the kids, we were setting everything up last night. I said, we want to give mom the special plate. I was like, that's great. So I go in, I get the special plate out of the cabinet. We lay it down. And then what we do at dinner is whoever has the special plate, we all go around and we say, I love you because. And so we all go around and everybody says, I love you because. And especially with six, four, and two-year-olds, it's actually quite funny most of the time. Uh, and so we, do the, we, we change the purpose of dinner. And it is a wonderful moment that's different. It's special. It's a special plate. Special means just to set apart. It's not like you normally make it. It's a different kind of dinner for us. The special plate is one of our ways of saying, here's an old place. We're all going to be having dinner at some point. So let's make the most of it. Let's do something different with it. Now, Kaylee, this is going to be for you. So when you are all done, we all dismiss. I've got it up here for you. So that's for you being a good sport, doing Mad Libs with me. You're welcome. So think through it, because I'm not giving away like 200 special plates this morning. So <laughs> think through what that means for you. Let me give you some examples of old places that you could repurpose, that you could give a new purpose to. Let's talk about your car. It doesn't matter how long you're in your car, whether you're truly alone or not, you've got some time to at least get in your head, right? You get to be maybe on autopilot for a little bit, and you can spend that time praying, tapping into that rest, on your way to the car. This is something that I've started to do on the way to the car and the way out of the car. So when I walk out of the door and I give my hugs and kisses to my family, I've got about a 30-foot walk to my car. It doesn't feel very long, but I walk super slow. I'm like, here we go. Here comes the day. <laughs> and I will spend that time because I'm truly by myself in that moment. It's a short walk, but it's also time by myself. From when I park and I walk into my office over at Panera Bread right up the street. I have a few minutes to walk from my parking space, and sometimes I'll even park farther away. I have a lot to pray about. It's gonna, I'm going to have to park actually in Home Depot and walk over there. <laughs> it's the same place. I'm going to get out of my car and walk someplace, and I'm usually by myself. Now, here's what you have to resist. If you're like me, when I get out of my car and I walk someplace, I usually do something unintentional. I grab my phone. Have you ever done that? Right? When, you, when you're walking to the grocery store, you're walking into Home Depot, you're walking into Walmart or Kroger, you're walking in, the first thing we do when we get out of our car, we put our keys away and we pull out our phone. Resist the itch of the phone and you'll truly be alone for just a moment. Truly just a moment. Now Jesus does something that this would be ideal. I'm not saying we're all going to be able to do this very well. He actually created that space of solitude. Mark actually tells us in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus would get up before everybody else so that he would then be able to pray. Now, that might be you. I'll just let you know. That does not work with my schedule. There's no chance I'm going to wake up before my kids. It's just not going to happen in this season of my life. So don't force it. There's a difference between force and flow. I want you to find something that you're already doing. I want you to find a rhythm that you're already in, and I want you to maximize it so that you can truly be alone, even if it's just for a moment to pray. Remember, it's not what you pray. It's not the time that you spend praying. It's the fact that you are praying. Don't worry about the what. The rest that you get is because it's a rest that Jesus gives you. Let me give you one more way that you can find some solitude. You ready for this one? I'm going to teach you something new. Everybody close your eyes for a second. Like literally close your eyes. Everybody disappeared. Isn't that amazing? Now keep your eyes closed just for a little bit longer. Keep your eyes closed. That might be the quietest moment you've had in a long time right then. You need those moments. So wherever you need to find them, 
even if it's just closing your eyes for a moment and coming to Jesus, to unload everything to Jesus. Figure out a way to give an old place a new purpose. All right, you can open your eyes. Don't nod off on me. I'm almost done. (laughs) Remember the four words? Self, often, solitude, and prayed. The often is probably the part that makes us the most nervous. I've got to do this all the time. I've got to do this regularly. Yes, it has to happen often because you need rest often. So let me say this. Start with right where you're at. Instead of having these grand plans and planning out a schedule and everything else, can I just encourage you to just start small? Because the the smallest action is so much greater than the grandest intention. We might walk out of here with a lot of great and grand intentions, but if they're just too big from where we are right now, you're never going to make any progress forward. So start with some small action. That pray-today text that I'm talking about, start there. And discipline yourself. Every time you get that text around 9 a.m., between 9 and 9.30 in the morning, that you'll close your eyes and pray. Breathe and get filled up because it's a rest that only Jesus gives you, which means you have to go to him to get it, and then you're good. When you need it again, you go to him. and You get that rest again. And as you start to load up more and more throughout the day, make sure you hit a timeout. Okay, I need to be in a place of quick solitude to find rest once again. True rest is the exchange of your problems for his peace. Start with where you are and see him give you the rest that you need. So here's how we're going to end. Same way we ended last week if you were here. I want you to begin to practice this. I want to give you more and more opportunities to pray. The prayer card is one of them. The text that you'll get every morning is one of them. This is another one. I'm going to put three different prayers up on the screen, and I'm going to give you just a couple moments to make this personal between you and Jesus. Three prayers. Here they are. Jesus, I need you, and I want you in my life. If you've not prayed that prayer, that is the most important prayer you can pray. It says, Jesus, I can't do this on my own and I need you. It's what the leper said when he came to Jesus. Jesus, I need you. It's okay to interrupt him. He's right there ready for you. Another one is, Jesus, I am, fill in the blank, and I need your fill in the blank. That's the exchange. So what are you right now? Jesus, I am tired. Jesus, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm broken. I'm exhausted. But I need your peace your love, your grace, your care. What do you need from him? Make the exchange through prayer. We always end with being grateful. Jesus, thank you for. Tell him something you're thankful for. Take a few moments. Find some rest in a place of solitude. Let this be that for you. In this moment, make the exchange through prayer.